Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Michelle Tate. She's the Chief Marketing Officer of MailChimp, a part of Intuit. And on the show today, we talk about her early start in her career, a mix of intelligence and the Israeli intelligence force, as well as design and designing products for New Balance and the pathway to marketing, how that transition happened. We talk about a quite extensive experience and takeaway experience, if you will, when she was helping to launch Magnum, the Unilever ice cream. And then we talk a lot about MailChimp and the acquisition that Intuit made and what marketing looks like and where the platform is going. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Michelle Tate. Michelle, would you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Michelle Tate. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Intuit MailChimp at Intuit. Well, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, Before we get into business and your role as CMO, I was looking at your career and you've got kind of an interesting combination of things early in life, working in the intelligence community, coupled <laughs> with design. And, and then we'll talk about marketing a lot throughout this program, but how did those two things come together to shape who you are as a, as a person today? 
Yeah, yeah. I guess they're weirdly unusual, right? <laughs> um, to say the least. So I'm uh, I'm originally from Israel, and so there's mandatory service in, in Israel for years for men, two years for women, and so I was fortunate enough to serve in the Israeli Defense Forces and the Intelligence Force there during a really interesting time. It was like Camp David peace negotiations at the time. I also, and we won't spend more time there for the obvious reasons, but I also um, come from a very modest background. And so I think the experience in the intelligence force and sort of my background got me really interested in sort of product design because design created these unique and these unique experiences that creatively exploited constraints and sort of uh, built off of how people make decisions and how people live. And those can be created, you know, with time constraints and uh, money constraints and space constraints. And that's sort of what took me, I guess, from the small town in Israel that I was from to London to study product design and ultimately built off of I guess some fun experiences thinking about how people make decisions and what sort of makes them tick. Yeah, I'd never thought about it, but I guess underlying both intelligence, community work, as well as design is the understanding of people and what makes them tick, right? That's interesting. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And I think I was thinking about this the other day. There was a book that I remember picking up very, very early on uh, when I first decided that I was sort of interested in product design. It's called uh, Thoughtless Acts by IDEO. And it's this tiny book, um, probably like a coffee table book that invites you to sort of notice the subtle and I would say amusing things that people do and how essentially that invites a world of design and inspiration. And so think about like you swinging a tea bag label around the teacup handle and how that sort of should shape a tea a teacup or you know, just different innovation. And so I think that in my mind sort of said, oh, there's like a better way. And so wouldn't it be fun to study this? And that's sort of how I got started. Got it. Got it. Well, let's let's talk about how, like what, from those days to now you're the CMO of MailChimp at Intuit. What was the path? And, yeah. and, and when did marketing come into play at some point? <laughs> Yeah. So my dad's British. So I, I went to, to London to study product design, spent four years there, loved everything about it, interned for some high-end design firms and realized that I really wanted to work on products that touch people's everyday lives. And from there, I was humbled to be accepted to New Balance's internship program in Boston. Very, very cold. And ultimately, I became a shoe designer for New Balance. And that was my first foray into sort of cross-functional teams. And it's essentially what it taught me was, what is sales? What is product development? What is marketing, right? What does commercialization look like? And I'm a very curious person. Anybody that uh, works or works with me or knows me will tell you. And so I just, I spend a lot of time, a lot of time with the other functions and specifically marketing. And the more I learned about sort of P&Ls and brand building and commercialization, the more I sort of decided I wanted to be on what my design friends would call the dark side of marketing. <laughs> um, and so after a couple of years, made, made my way to post an MBA into very classical CPG with Unilever. And I spent quite a long time there. I loved it. I worked on brand innovation. I worked on P&Ls, worked on some, some of the most iconic brands in the world like Dove and Axe and the launch of Magnum Ice Cream in North America. So across a bunch of categories, Ultimately spent the last three years there on Dove Body Wash. I know a lot about bubbles, a lot. Um, and 
And yeah, and I love working for a brand where, you know, I woke up in the morning, I really believed in the mission. Um, and I, I, I love the global nature of it. It was 135 countries. And I think that just my pure curiosity to learn got me thinking about what's moving fastest in the marketing world at the time. And what it was at the time, you're going to laugh, but it was basically digital marketing, right? Mm. And digital marketing was moving. Uh, and I laugh about that because I feel like everything is digital marketing <laughs> these days, right? There, right? At the time, I was like, oh, this new thing. But really, digital marketing at the time, performance marketing was moving so much faster in tech. And so I really wanted to gain a skill set that was more holistic. And I was, again, very humble to land a job at Intuit. I was hired in to reposition and relaunch the QuickBooks brand as we were moving from accounting software to a true suite of business tools where uh, small businesses could run their business from payroll to payments to obviously accounting and more. And over time, sort of expanded my role to also lead product marketing globally. And that was really intensely gratifying because we just launched in so many categories, whether it was you know, money offerings or moving from a DIY software to to assisted with our live offerings and so forth. And, and also built the market research organization and just a ton of learning for me with an amazing team. And then one, I think it was a one Saturday afternoon, I got this this uh, phone call from my boss and you know how those go, right? <laughs> You're like, why? What's going on here? And, and he was like, look, we want to bring you into this acquisition. I was asked to come into the MailChimp acquisition as the marketing integration lead. And ultimately, as we closed, to, to lead the marketing team at MailChimp. And as a trained product designer turned marketer, that's sort of such a dream come true. I've been watching this brand from afar for so long. And so just to, to be able to work on, on a brand that I know brings millions and millions of small businesses around the world so many tools that help them prosper was just very, very humbling. Yeah, that's amazing. And what a career. I mean, go from New Balance and designing products to CPG and like Dove, Body Wash, both things that I've used. Uh, <laughs> and then QuickBooks. Yeah, and QuickBooks I've used too. So uh, it's funny, like you've, how you've touched products that, I mean, not only me, I'm sure other listeners are, are thinking, wow, yeah. I've worked on that or I, I have just washed and I understand what you mean by bubbles. Uh, <laughs> it comes to body wash. <laughs> so no, I mean, it's amazing. And, and MailChimp to your point is always been kind of a design creative forward brand, at least from an external person's perspective. So I, I imagine that reignited a lot of your um, creative juices, if you will. Yeah. I think with MailChimp design is such, it's an input into everything that we do versus Versus just an afterthought, right? It's not yeah. something we do to make ourselves look more exciting or feel more excited. It's just part of the culture, and you see it pervasive in in the the company culture, where you know all of our employees have like a side gig or something creative that they do, and in our offices in terms of the design, and obviously it comes to life in all of our content and our product. It's just a way of of life on this brand. It's pretty exciting. Well, you mentioned the acquisition. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like what, what was that about? Like, and what were you guys hoping to achieve? Yeah, I think first and foremost, when we think about acquisitions, it's really about serving our customers. And when you think about small business and uh, mid-sized businesses and their, their first need, it's really to get new customers, right? And yeah. their second is to solve for cash flow issues. 
And so as we look to expand our offerings to enable small businesses to really manage their business on one platform, it was such a natural sort of move to combine our forces with MailChimp. And, and when I say natural, it's natural on, on multiple fronts. One is, you know, there's a natural product fit. Um, like you said, like I said, the number one small business need is to grow your customer base and what better brand and business to do that with than uh, MailChimp, which is the number one email and marketing automations platform in the world with 12, now 13 million customers, right? And then to combine that with the powerful fintech and fintech tools from QuickBooks allows you to sort of start thinking about audience management and solving these big, not only cash flow, but order and revenue acceleration aspirations of our customers in a really more, in a much more exciting way. And then when you think about the brands, right? When you want to do an acquisition, you think about the brands, you think about the culture. What was really, really neat about the two is that MailChimp is the brand that's really passionate about empowering the underdogs, right? Creating momentum for every ambition is what we talk about from small business, from entrepreneurs to small businesses that are growing to ultimately really advanced marketers who are serving these mid-market businesses. And, And that's in our DNA. And Intuit shares much of that DNA with our small business group who essentially caters to those same businesses. And what we would say on QuickBooks is that we, we cater to those who dare to dream, right? We back those who don't back down. And so there was just like this really natural fit between the two brands, what they stood for, and also what the employees were sort of galvanizing the teams to do together. Mm, I love that. I love that. And well, how, so if you think about like these two brands coming together, how did that shift other elements, like your marketing strategy, as an example? Yeah. So there's obviously a shared product strategy and there's so many opportunities to come on on that front that we just talked about. And think about anything from I'm a a marketer on a mid-sized business. I can now see not only the attribution of my own channel campaigns on email and seem to be additional channels, but now I can also start looking at revenue information that's flowing through QuickBooks and maybe QuickBooks in time also utilizes this money offerings to say, Hey, why don't we offer you this great loan? Because we have all this information on you so we can give you better rates, right? And it's in your account in seconds, which means that in time for your season, you can sort of amplify your efforts and grow faster. And then we can provide you better insights and segmentation on how to utilize that. And I guess I just get excited about thinking about everything that's, that's possible as we sort of connect the dots there. But then also evolve some of the marketing strategy. I guess there's three theory areas. One is evolving the brand to go up market. The second is to really continue to create a more connected customer journey. And the third is to expand international, internationally. So let me sort of unpack those three. Evolving our brand and our marketing efforts is a really interesting one for me from a marketer um, and branding challenge. Over the years, MailChimp has progressed a lot in terms of its product capabilities. And with Intuit, it's also expanded even more as it relates to the AI and ML capabilities that um, the Intuit team brought to the table. And so you put those expertise in any of the, I would say, advanced marketers' hands, and all of a sudden you're giving them uh, enterprise-level tools, right, for any marketer, big or small. And so really it's taking that same quirky expert of service brand or a yellow in the sea of, I would say, serious blues and greens we talk about and with a twist and sort of helping it grow up a little in, in, in that sort of environment. 
So in the last few months, you've seen us launch our first global campaign, uh, Guess Less, Sell More, which talks about the data advantage of our platform and the automations and personalization that we offer. We've also launched a new website that brings our products and benefits to life. And we really transform the way we think about taking part in industry events and in our own events. The second is creating a more connected customer journey. One of the things that drew me to this brand over the years was what we call it, it's high growth with a soul. And there's a reason for that. And when you unpack that, is that really MailChimp thinks of itself more as a lifestyle brand than it does as a SaaS brand. And we know how important it is to offer our customers the best-in-class tools. But we also know that when you do that and create a meaningful connection outside of those tools, it's a lot stronger. So while we've been thinking a lot about sort of digital performance and the variety of experiences having with the brand online, we also think about how that leads to first-party data and personalization. And then we take that and we marry it with some of the experiences we have off-platform, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the, the beauty of this and the natural, the natural buildup that the, this brand has had within pop culture allows us to show up where no brand, where no other brands in our space really can uh, in a very natural way. And so that allows us to create a bunch of different connected experiences where you might meet us with a courier, couriers are a small business editorial out of London, and you might meet meet us while looking at a book in a bookshop called The Best Shops in the World that we just launched. Or you might see one of their articles online, or you might see a film from the collection for the curious, or maybe you listen to a podcast like Sonic symbolism that we've just done, we've just done with York. And over time, you'll you'll meet one of our more effective campaigns that tell you about our data advantage, right? And you'll start to have a relationship with us that is online and offline, where we can connect with you in different ways and provide you inspiration and education and tips, as well as a product. And as you work through that journey with us, we're provi- providing you added value that compounds. And so we're working really closely to bring those experiences together in a way that both aids our both aids our data collection, but it's really in service of providing our customers with just a more meaningful and personalized experience with us. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I really like the combination of the online and offline examples you use because as you think about what could be kind of a digital first brand 
showing up in unexpected places can help you stand out too, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And I think we'll do things like we showed up at New York Fashion Week for the first time in September and we brought five really exciting uh, up and coming designers in collaboration with Black and Fashion Council to Spring Studios. And we had a capsule collection where they, where they created pieces for a line for MailChimp. And that gave them sort of the stage and the tools to sort of launch at Fashion Week. And it gave us uh, an opportunity to have a really meaningful conversation with some of our customers around creativity, around how do you launch in the fashion world, right? How do you, how do you market fashion and so forth? So we're trying to show up naturally where our customers and where our marketers are already sort of surrounding themselves with, but again, in a very natural way. And you might laugh, but we are kind of like the Nike of SaaS is what we like to think about. We're a lifestyle brand that sort of follows our customers on a journey in a very natural way. But we surround them and we try to anticipate their needs and provide them with sort of sophisticated tools and education so that wherever they are, we're providing them constantly with surprising and delightful experiences. So I, you made me remember a story about the brand and, and I, I can be your proof point for how you are the Nike of SaaS. And I, I don't know why I forgot this until just now, but so I, I'm a user of MailChimp. And at one point in time, you guys used to send out t-shirts um, yes. with the chimp like stenciled on it. Right. And the one I, one I had was ginormous. It like, it was like half of your chest, basically. <laughs> well, we'll have to send you some new ones. Obviously. All right. All right. <laughs> well, and so the funny thing about this is like at the time, my daughter, who's now 15, was probably three, maybe four. Yeah. And I was starting to travel a lot. And I, I would just wear the shirt primarily around the house or you know, wear it to bed. I didn't go out in public a lot with it. And, and so she was feeling bad that I was traveling. And I said, well, would you, you like something of mine? And she was like, I want your monkey shirt. <laughs> and so every business trip from that point forward, I've had to give her my monkey shirt. And still to this day at 15, she won't let me part with the monkey shirt. So, oh, wow. Well, we um, must get you some uh, yeah. Freddy shirts yes. for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's, I, don't you think it's interesting? It's shirts that both a customer and a celebrity would wear without thinking twice. And I don't think you yeah. get that with a lot of brands in such an unaided way. No. Um, so it's really, it's really fascinating and, and exciting. And we're just trying to continuously kind of over deliver right as as we think about that experience well and i know i I, my experience may be a little different than everyone else's but the emotional connection to mailchimp and the brand because of the moments it's been able to create me in the physical world with my daughter has been pretty priceless so kudos i love that i really (laughs) love that but uh well i I know one other area you mentioned was international expansion and so i want to bring us back to that. How has the acquisition either changed or evolved your focus around where you go internationally? Yeah, I don't think it's changed anything more more accelerated. So Intuit just brings a wealth of, of knowledge and uh, resources, right? And so we've just been able to move faster. Um, last year, we've launched full funnel campaigns in many countries. We're expanding to additional countries in the next few months. We've got an incredible global presence. We're in 190 countries. Over half of our revenue actually comes from outside the U.S. So I would say continuously just moving very at, at speed, but watch this space quickly. We will likely surprise and delight more. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you, know, you talked about 
the brand or the connectedness and the connected journey and the evolution of the brand. How does, how do I think about, I mean, you've described some of like how these the two companies come together to create um, more opportunities to help customers that you're working with. But how to help me understand, how do I think about the brand experience and the change and the evolution of that going forward? What, did, what does it look like in the future? Yeah, I think you'll you'll start to see, and you, you've probably started to see from a brand experience, a brand that is more connected, that is a little bit more grown up, but very much known for the beloved, the, the MailChimp that you've known and, and loved for the last 20 years. You'll see it everywhere, <laughs> globally <laughs> and locally. And I think what you'll continuously see us doing is marrying up, you know, what I call when creativity meets performance and, and my team hears a lot about this. I, I really love this intersection of culture and conversion or creativity and performance. It's just sort of where this brand plays and this business plays so well, because ultimately we're marketing to marketers and we need to ensure that we give them the best in class tools. And as I think about sort of what Intuit's brought to the table, we talk a lot about, and especially with all the news about ChatGPT, um, we talk a lot about AI and ML, right? Mm-hmm. And that really accelerates or transforms a business that has a ton of data. And so if you think about MailChimp sending over a billion emails a day, right? Think about all those data points. And then think about the AI and ML capabilities that Intuit has brought into MailChimp. All of a sudden, we're able to harness insights with every interaction we have with customers. And so what that means is that the, the experience that you have day-to-day with us starts to get better and better. And we start to be able to well, not start, but we're able to really give you smarter recommendations with automations to think about what subject line do I write? Is this the right subject line? Well, we can now tell you this is a better subject line based off of the best performing campaigns in your industry or from a content optimization perspective. This is content that will resonate best with this type of audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can see that the opportunities are endless. And again, this, what gets me excited is like, we're constantly learning with every interaction and that learning is passed on to our customers. And what we're seeing is them starting to accelerate revenue. We're seeing revenue go up by about 88% and orders go up 4x, you know, those types of moments where you're changing a game for these small and mid-sized businesses. And then the brand from a brand experience perspective, just being there to ensure that we play a really good role in terms of exemplifying what great marketing looks like so that they they know that we have their back. Well, you, you talk about that. And I mean, MailChimp is creative by itself as a company. and But even within the marketing community, you're also seen as like a standout even within that. <laughs> so if you think about like you've got users and you've got power users, I call those the marketers in this case, you guys even stand on, on top of those folks. And I'm curious, like, why is that? Like, how? And, and we'll get into how maybe in a minute, but like, why the push there? Yeah, I think it was a big aha moment for me, having watched the brand for so many years from the side and, and kind of asking that same question. I think when I finally got to working on it, I realized MailChimp markers to marketers. <laughs> They're like, we're a really skeptical bunch. Yeah. And and so as a brand, we hold this responsibility to enable marketers with the most effective, cutting edge, sort of innovative tools. And, and as doing that, we really strive to exemplify what great marketing is and what innovative brand building looks like and 
and we think a lot about elevating marketing craft. You know, I, I often talk to my team about this hashtag that we use, beat our best. And it's really about just continuously doing these things and learning from them and trying out new spaces. And that's allowed us to really jump into what perhaps feels very unexpected, like a New York Fashion Week or a South right. by Southwest, right? Or a collaboration with Bjork, but to us feels really, really effective and, and, and natural as we think about, well, of course we would uh, talk to Bjork because we want marketers are really interested in the creative process. And so what better way to bring the creative process to life than uh, talking to Bjork about how she kind of created a new genre of music, right? So it's that combination that creates the connection that is, I would say, reliant on left and right brain, both giving you the tools, but also a lot of the inspiration. And then second, we've talked a little bit about this, but there's just a different take on design as an enabler versus an input into everything that we do. Character, the brand, the way we talk to you and the way we talk to you in product, how we show up in our ads, but also, you know, once you're in product and you've run a campaign and we say, it's, it's time for a breather moment. Let's play this. You know, we have a, a crazy dumpling game. That's like a golfing game with dumplings. So <laughs> it's just really about finding those moments where we like to say there's always a light on at home and, and we're anticipating sort of that moment that you'll, you'll want to interact with us. And I love that. I love that. Well, I mean, I know your in-house creative agency seems to be kind of a, an ingredient to all of this creative success and go-to-market success. What can you tell me about that agency, you know, and the group internally? And you've mentioned a bunch of great examples already, but I'm curious if there's other examples that come to mind as you, as you talked about the agency. Yeah. So Wink is our in-house agency and is by far our secret sauce. <laughs> um, you know, we've talked a lot about the what, but the how is Wink really. And um, the work that, that we do is all driven by Wink. And we're often able to move quickly and in such a deliberate way at the speed of culture because of Wink. I truly believe it's one of our superpowers, if not the superpower. So Wink, which if you haven't worked out, is a playful nod to the cheeky Wink that our uh, mascot Freddie makes. Um, is our small but mighty crew of about 40 plus multidisciplinary creatives in-house. And they truly believe that creativity that creativity has the power to change kind of how we think about the world and specifically the world of work, right? And they create everything from websites to marketing campaigns to activation. So everything you see from us is created in-house. Sometimes we, we partner with some external agencies, but all sort of cultivated uh, in-house. And it really has enabled us to take advantage of the entertainment and the creative trends we're seeing in market at a crazy speed. So the guests, um, Let's Sell More campaign that we launched globally was created by Wink, the New York Fashion Week activation. Our Super Bowl uh, campaign on social last year, Big Game Small Ads, which was super, super smart and just extremely effective, uh, was done by them and watch the space for this year. Our NFL partnership content, all of that all is done in-house through Wink. And I have to tell you, it's the first time in my career that I've worked with an internal agency. And I think I really underestimated the power of it driving speed, agility, consistency, and sort of creative power to the brand. And I'm just mm. consistently blown away by how that team brings it all to the table every time. 
<laughs> well, it t- I think it takes as well. Like you've got the nice, you've got a nice one-two punch. You've got a culture. It seems like uh, within Mailchimp that's around creativity in general and kind of pushing where you go um, for the sake of the fact you have to market to marketers. So you got to be, you got to show them what's good, what good looks like. And then you got this powerful bunch of creatives in in an internal agency itself. And I think that the combination of those two things works really well. Because I have seen internal agencies in other businesses where the culture is not like what you've described the business culture is like. And they can feel a little bit like an appendage. (laughs) And they're probably not maxed to their, tapped into the, the maximum things that they could be doing for the company overall. So it seems like you've got not only a great group that's doing some fantastic things, but you've also got a culture that facilitates it. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's been, I mean, it's been fun talking about this, obviously based on the (laughs) t-shirt example I gave, I've been a long time user of the brand and products. So I'm I'm, uh, happy to talk about MailChimp all day, but I would love to get back to talking about you. And one of the things we like to do on this show is to ask everyone kind of a, a set of questions. First being my favorite question to ask anybody that comes on. And I'll just ask it. Has there been an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a really thoughtful one. I, I think the the experience that comes to mind is uh, the launch of Magnum Ice Cream in North America. It was my first experience at Unilever. And and for what it's worth, I landed at Unilever. I was lactose intolerant. And I was like, oh my God, they're putting me on ice cream. What am I going to do? Um, <laughs> it turned out to be the best experience, like one of the best experiences in my career. Essentially, we were a year prior to launching Magnum Ice Cream, which is the largest ice cream brand in the world, in North America. And in the US specifically, ice cream is very much a, a price-driven market. Sort of want to buy the largest pint for the lowest amount of money. Price, yeah. What? No, I yeah, I was just finishing your statement, but yeah, yeah, lowest, biggest <laughs> quantity for the lowest amount of cost. <laughs> exactly. And so our challenge was to essentially bring in these ice cream bars that were being sold at a, a super premium and competing at the time against Hagen does and and sort of take the market by storm. And I think it was just such a great experience. Everything that could go wrong went wrong in this launch. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why it was such a great experience. But as I think about the marketing, like the positioning was brilliant. It's a European brand that talks all about pleasure seekers and a day without pleasure is a day lost, which works really well in Europe, but like doesn't really translate into moms buying ice creams for their families here. And so we really had to think about what it is that we were selling and wine. And we ended up talking about it internally as sort of Chanel on a stick. And that's what we decided to to sell. And that sort of that sort of in turn came into a proposition around um, pleasure seekers and um, you know, at the time of like sex in the city, it was like right. the it thing to have at the supermarket. And we launched it in this incredible way at the Tribeca Film Festival. And we had films that were created by Karl Lagerfeld uh, himself, right? That launched it with Rachel Bilson. And we had like the number one ad in the market at the time. And it was like this incredible thing that like caught the market by storm. Even Anna Winter like invited herself to our party, which I think by any means is <laughs> some success. And so from a positioning standpoint, it was just a really good learning experience. And then from like the the probably the bigger, just the bigger reason this is, has been such an impactful experience for me, it's just a, an experience where I learned how 
diverse and high performing teams just like get things done even when everything sort of fails. So we were creating the hero of the launch was what we would call a double caramel bar. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's sort of vanilla ice cream covered with chocolate, covered with caramel, covered with chocolate. It's just like super decadent. And it was created, it was uh, manufactured all over the world. But when we came to manufacture it in the US, something was happening with the caramel that bubbled up and really ruined these bars. And so up until like a month before the launch, we basically couldn't create, we couldn't manufacture them. And so we were getting really, really close. We could manufacture all the other bars, but not these. And they were like the heart of the campaign, the heart of everything that was differentiated about this launch from a product perspective. And so as a team, we had teams in, in Italy, we had teams in the US, we had teams in Canada, and we had like scientists and food scientists and people thinking about the packaging and all this stuff and we just couldn't make it. And, and so I was in a plant like almost every week trying to figure out whether, you know, we got the right caramel sauce done or not. And every time it bubbled, we were like, oh no. And and we were literally getting down to the wire where we decided we were going to import caramel sauce from Italy. And it came and we followed the ship around. I remember like being the associate brand manager, like on a looking at the Gantz, trying to figure out, is it here yet? And it was moldy when it came. It was just like this disaster of events. And then it happened again. And finally, like, I think it was like a few weeks before the launch, we, like one night we were able to create this caramel sauce. And, and it was like this great, great lesson. And, and it was because someone had given, someone from Italy had given some advice to the plant in the US. It was just like this amazing collaboration across the world between people where nobody was going to call it as like, we're not going to do this. It's not going to work out. But it was just like, we're going to do this and it's going to work out. And we will take any advice that anyone has to give across the team. And it ultimately worked. And the launch was really, really successful. <laughs> within I, within like two weeks, we were sold out everywhere. And I remember Walmart was really, really frustrated with us. And it became sort of an inventory issue overnight of like, not is it going to actually launch? But like, no, 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 it's, too, it's too big of a problem because it's just so successful. So it was just kind of problem after problem. It was just really intriguing to learn all of this in the span of like, I don't know, 18 months or a year. Yeah. So that's probably a longer answer than you would hope. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that example. And, and um, I can remember, I think some of the ads as well around that time, I need to go back and see if I can <laughs> dig up the Carl Lagerfeld piece as well. But like, what a success. I mean, and to your point, success through failure. Um, oh, totally. Many I, I failures. Well, and I, I think that's what forges us, right? Like like in fire, so to speak. Yes. To your point, you learn so much, you take a lot away from those experiences, but you obviously look back on it and you remember the the fondness, right? The like the experience, I guess, was worth it. Yeah. I think Ray Dalio has like one of his principles in his book is Pain plus reflection equals progress. Yes, um, yes. I think it sums it up properly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, what what advice would you give your younger self if you're starting all over again? Oh, get out more. <laughs> Great ideas just really don't come into don't come to you in the office. So you know, don't feel guilty about taking a walk or going to watch a show or go see an exhibit or go stare at some amazing architecture. I yeah. love that. I love that. That's great advice. Is there a topic you're trying to learn more about or you think marketers need to be learning more about right now? Admittedly, I'm very much obsessed with psychology. Um, So I read a lot and listen to a lot of books that sort of 
spin around psychology. I'm just fascinated by how people make decisions and how people think and process mm. information. And for me, often it like just surfaces new ideas about how to connect or how to listen or how to interact in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. I was a psych major in undergrad. I thought I was going to be a clinical psychologist when I grew up. And now I do podcast interviews and I'm a consultant by day. So I, I truly thought I was going to, you know, yeah. that was my, my second choice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, so I'm a fascinated psychology and you mentioned Ray Dalio a minute ago and the, his company and the culture that they created through like how they made decisions and collected information with their like dot program with meetings and yeah. That and that's, I guess, more sociology because it's study of group behavior. But that stuff fascinates me to this day. Why people have certain cultures that they have inside organizations. So yeah. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. Back to the questions. So curious. Marketers tend to be observers of what's going around on around them. I'm curious if there's brands or companies or causes that you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of. Yeah. I think there's a few brands that are doing some interesting stuff. I think Liquid Death um, has been like just really fascinating to follow. Just like a, a water company that if you listen to their founder, um, Mike, he, he just says, we're not a water company, we're an entertainment company, right? And, and so we just, you know, he just talks about taking this sort of really boring category and like really refreshing it. And so I think what they're doing is, is just really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And they're growing at like a, a crazy, crazy speed as a result, which you know just shows you that growth follows connection, right? Um, yeah. And I, I recently was was looking at Airbnb, and I, I was thinking to myself that I think we all we all sort of understand that they have a very unique take on travel and and leisure, but I, I think what it, what dawned on me was that they really have a good take on curiosity, and that they know their consumers really well. I went into the app and, and it sort of popped up to say, Michelle, would you like to see the most beautiful places to play piano? <laughs> I was kind of like, kind of freaked out because I was like, how do you know that I play piano? Yeah. But I was also really intrigued, right? And so I spent like an hour looking at these beautiful places. No, no, it's just this ability to create such a, an ecosystem with possibilities that are endless around around curiosity. I, I thought that was really innovative and, and inspiring. And then my team uh, recently shared this amazing brand with me called Teenage Engineering. I don't know if you know it. Mm-hmm. And they do, it's like this amazing Swedish design company for essentially music, which uses Swedish design on different musical electric uh, components, whether it's sort of speakers or different sound systems for different electronic instruments. It's really, mm-hmm. really unique. Uh, and so I would urge you to, to look at it if you haven't. Definitely and then last I think like Tracksmith, New England. Oh yeah. I'm just kind of intrigued at how they can create poetry around running. And and I've seen a lot around running. I think we all have. They've just taken a very unique spin on it. And I'm curious to follow it and see sort of where it goes. Yeah. Though I I have not so I've heard of Tracksmith and obviously Airbnb and Liquid Death has come up recently on the podcast as well. Somebody else brought it up but i have not heard of teenage engineering it sounds interesting i gotta check that out yeah but i agree all of those are really interesting brands and how they show up in market and airbnb recently has like taken over my my desire to all those silly programs on the you know cable tv that's like you know, shopping for new houses and 
you know, international like the destinations. Sun. Yeah. <laughs> Those types of things, you know, they're like little 20 minute shows. Um, yeah. I think Airbnb has started to replace that because it's more interesting to, because they're real places. I yeah. actually go stay there and find them and, and know how to book them and all that good stuff. So yeah. anyway, last question for you before we wrap up, what is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers in your mind? I think it's technology. It's 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 simple, right? But it's just um, we're living through such an amazing time, such an amazing time with tech like ChatGPT and creative optimization, like Dolly, and a lot of which, like we even see in in the tools that we create. But it's oftentimes easy for marketers to say, "I don't need to try it. It's a fad," or you know, for us to get so caught up in the in the work that is like our day to day that we just don't have time to truly like dive in and take notice. But I think those that are curious and sort of want to constantly try and learn will very quickly realize that a lot of the, what I would characterize as the mundane tasks of marketing are, or those executional elements are going to start to kind of get done by tech. And, and so there's really an exciting opportunity to utilize that tech, right? Get that out of your way and, and really focus on the creative, innovative, thoughtful, deep work. And I'm sure it's frightening to sell, but I think it's like really exciting and thrilling. Yeah. And if, and if you're really about getting better every day, then I, I would urge, you know, marketers to think about like, what new thing have I tried this week, even yeah. on a daily basis? Yeah. Well, it goes with your advice about get out more, you <laughs> know, like yeah. look around what's, what's going on around you and, and play with it in this case, whether it's GPT-3 or, or the AI art engines, if you will, like Midjourney and things like that. They're, they're super cool and interesting to think about the applications of them in the future. It's a wild time. It's, it feels like it always is in marketing in particular, but it, I do agree with your like you know, push to, and focus around, you know, stay curious. And, I just think it's compounding so much quicker than it ever has, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And it, it feels like the technology continuing to accelerate the change, to your point. And so it's it's actually kind of like hard to digest some days if you think too hard about it. <laughs> so because it is moving so fast. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a fascinating conversation. And thank you for uh having yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.